Hey, it's Brian, your lunatic friend. In my story of Jesus and music, I'm somewhere close to 1986, and I'm trying to remember my second album for Light Records in my solo career. And I have to admit, I've had to Google my own albums to see what songs were on it. There was one that I thought was on the first record, but it must have been one of the first ones I wrote for Holy Rollin'. I sing, So far, so good. I can't believe how good you've been for me, Lord. And a simple groove. Bum, ba da da ba da you can even tell this song was built with sequencers. The way I was writing songs was to noodle around with a drum machine and find grooves that I liked. And from there, I would use a keyboard sound sample of a really good bass. We called them markers. It was a great, easy way to lay out a song idea that we might add real players to later. But I have to admit that we didn't always use real people unless they were hanging around the studio. I know Larry Brown could play keyboard parts and drums and bass, and I could play a bass too on a keyboard. But don't get get me wrong, you can't replace a real feel, but this way sure eliminated a lot of time and expense. Bringing in a bass player, messing with a microphone and an amplifier, trying to dial in the perfect sound. Now they already had hundreds of sounds that had been built and sound sampled and put in a rack mount. That was a clunky version of what we call a computer application now. And I remember the day that I found a swing button on the drum machine. It would take a straight groove and turn it into a swing. You could go from dead, dead, and that's how I started writing a song called Only Want to Do What's Right. The pattern was I would play on the keyboard. And if it didn't sound exactly perfect, you just hit the quantize button and it would snap everything into line. And when you would sing over it live, it added the feel you needed most of the time. I only want to do what's to do what's right. I only want to do what's right. The one thing you couldn't do with a sound sample is to find a legitimate horn section. Horns on the keyboard were horrible. And that's why we would call Tower of Power horn section and record them at Salty Dog in Hollywood. They remembered playing on Have Yourself Committed, but when they heard this song, they decided that I had found a little more funk. In fact, they even asked me to write a song for their project uh, that I never got around to doing because honestly, I was intimidated. I didn't even feel like I was in the same class with those guys, at least not musically. And then I thought maybe God was saying, you're still a young man, baby, oh, don't waste your time. That was one of their first big hits, in case you don't know who they are. No, I was writing songs about a walk with Jesus, and I couldn't imagine what I might write for them. But we recorded most of Holy Rollin' at Larry Brown's house in Glendale. First time he gave me his address, I thought it was perfect. The house number was 440. It's what a perfectly tuned piano is tuned to, A440. Larry's house was in the foothills of Glendale, California, and inside looked like a museum. The living room reminded me of Cracker Barrel. That restaurant, wood floors, all kinds of knickknacks and curios, museum pieces and old instruments. He had built a 24-track recording studio in the back of his house, just big enough for two people to sit in. His whole house wrapped around a giant modernized kitchen. So yeah, he had a kitchen and he had a sound kitchen. And he cooked pretty well in both of them. And he had a pet giant tortoise in the backyard, as well as a cat in the house. The sunlight coming through the windows looked a lot like the tapestry album cover that Carol King did. And the houses in Glendale looked very similar to the popular Laurel Canyon area. And you might have to look that up, but that that has the feel of Larry Brown's house. But now, looking back at this project, at some of the songs I've written, I was still writing a lot of stuff at my own house. I had a cheap drum machine, an MDX, they called it. It also had a swing button, though. And I created a perfect groove for me. Dance, dun, dance, dun, dance, dun, dance, dun, dance. The song is called Lead Me to the Water. And I've started to do that song again recently. It was similar to vocal exercises, only played on a piano over three chords. And this is hard to sing without music. So I'm just gonna play you the riff that I loved on the keyboard.
Man, I still love that. Now, I didn't use a drum machine on everything. I would write one song sitting at my acoustic piano at home and started, Where does real love begin? Can it really last forever? The hope of the broken hearted Longing for love again One thing's for sure, you can't squeeze an emotion out of a sound sample. Another song was called Remember Me that I wrote from home. It was a story of the crucifixion told from the point of view of the thief next to Jesus. It felt like it added a new twist to the story of the cross. Oh, they bound me in leather and a cat of nine tails was raked across my flesh and bone. I'm a thief and a liar and I'm paying the price and I've got no one to blame it on. I think you can get the picture from the opening line. There was another trick we were using in the song Your Everlasting Love, they called it a loop. It was built from a riff or a musical clip that the computer would continue to play repeatedly through the song. The loop is the keyboard behind me when I'm singing, And you're taking me to heaven with your everlasting love. And you can find that song too on YouTube. There was another guy hanging around Larry's house. He was helping with a lot of computer-generated stuff. Chuck Barth, referred to himself as a recovering percussionist, had to get a different job when people started using drum machines. He was also a Baptist priest. Preacher's Kid. He was now producing music for computer games. He would eventually do stuff for Xbox, and he played me a piece of music that made me envious. It was tight, and hard to believe it was all computerized. And he would become a writer on a song because I wrote lyrics to that piece of music. With all the computer stuff that was happening, I was starting to feel pretty small. So in my defiance, I would write, Well, my little world revolves around you. It was my choice to serve God no matter what happens on this earth. My favorite lyric was, The trendy and the trivial are stealing all my time. And it wouldn't be the last time that I wrote a song with Chuck Barth. As we were starting to wrap up this project, I was trying to figure out how to tie Have Yourself Committed style with Holy Rollin', something that would kind of bridge the gap. I had nothing. And I don't even remember how I met Keith Ward, but he showed me one of his songs, and the lyrics were clever. And the whole thing reminded me of Have Yourself Committed. Boo-doo. Well, I'm giving up, giving up. I'll never give up again. It was almost unheard of for me to buy into somebody else's song without changing anything. In fact, I don't think I ever did it again. But I would learn that co-writing with other writers was something that would keep me from getting stale. And we need that today, even with all the new technology. Yeah, it's called Synergy. You can find Holy Rollin' on YouTube, at least most of the songs. The record is out of print now. Let me say thanks for following me through the early years. This is Jesus and Music and me on NutshellSermons.com. And thank you for still being here.